Hello. Welcome to episode 9 of We Walk the Earth. I'm your host and show producer, Sergio Isauro. We Walk the Earth is a podcast that aims to spark curiosity by sharing the paths of inspiring people. This show is made by a group of talented creatives. We love what we do, and we love to know you enjoy it. If you wish to support us, please rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Small actions like this one come a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Me and the team have been taking a deserved winter break and we are now back, ready to ride the wave again, and really happy to present this week's guest. Valérie Fautin is a professional astrologer and founder of Astrolab whose mission is to empower others to take responsibility for their own co-creative experience on this planet. She's a multidisciplinary artist that lights the path for her clients to rewrite their story, step into self-actualization and boldly embrace their destiny with practicality and purpose. Please, let's welcome to the show Valérie Fortin. This is We Walk the Earth. Thank you for joining us. Well, my name is Valérie Fortin. I am French Canadian. My work right now is astrology. I do natal chart readings, transit readings. I think my mission with that is to empower people in their own human experience. Also to normalize each of us, the fact that we all have a very unique experience and My mission is to help people understand that, yes, there is a system in which we live in. And for some of us, we can thrive within that system. But for a lot of others, we have to break free from it because this is not what we are meant to be doing in this lifetime. So my practice is very much focused on the life we have here now from birth to death. Some other astrologers are doing past life stuff, blah, blah, blah. I think like we, for me, I I think we have a lot of work to do in one lifetime. So this is where I focus. And then, you know, when you reincarnate, if I'm still around, well, we can talk about your <laughs> next <laughs> lifetime. I act like a messenger. I don't view myself as a coach or someone who's going to hold you accountable, I mostly, I feel more comfortable in the position of being the messenger, you know, like, what is it that you need to hear at this moment? What insights are you here to hear? How can I help you to shift the stories you tell yourself that are creating blockages or stagnation or are preventing you to move next level. And all of us have these stories. Everybody is gifted with a mind and 
it plays in our favor a lot of the time and very often it plays against us. You know, so it's nice sometimes to have a new, to receive from someone else, from me, a new perspective on your experience. So very likely I'm here to inspire my clients, to empower them yeah, and, and bring some fresh insights. Hmm. And when did you start getting interested in astrology? You know, I was a kid when I started being interested. So I would read my mother's magazines. I was very interested in fashion. And then I was very interested in the horoscope part. And I, I knew that I was a Taurus, even though for as a kid, someone told me that I was an Aries. I'm born on April 22nd. So I, I guess that person didn't know which cusp I landed on. So for a long time as a kid, I thought I was an Aries. And then suddenly I discovered that, no, I'm a Taurus. Holy moly. Because of that breakthrough as a child, I started reading all the signs and observing, you know, my parents and my siblings and trying to understand if it made sense or not. So this is how it started. Mm, okay. Yeah. So it was something you did from a very young age, but when did you start to do it professionally? I started five years ago to do it professionally, to see people for real, moving it to a level that surpassed me, if I can say. So it's it's only it's a few years of mm -hmm. practice. Mm -hmm. And for me... Every encounter is a way for me to deepen my practice. There's always a level of research that I do in preparation for each reading. So these research just deepen my practice and my knowledge. Of course, there are some things that I know right away. Your moon and that sign or blah, blah, blah. But I'm very interested in moving on and bringing new concepts and new ideas and trying out new techniques. My practice is also supporting my studies. They go, they walk together hand by hand. And were there any studies that you did with someone? Um, was it just self-taught? A lot of it is self-taught. I did have a couple mentors. Linda Valente in Vermont was one of them. Then I took a bunch of online classes. There are like many platforms. One of my favorite is Astrology University and all my favorite astrologers are the giving talks. You can listen to a talk every week or two even if you want to. And sometimes these classes are live, sometimes they're pre-recorded, so When you do the live, you can, you have the opportunity to engage directly and ask questions. Otherwise, you just listen to the recording. I read many books. Who else? I did like, I received one degree from Stephen Forrest, Introduction to Evolutionary Astrology. Even though my practice is mostly based in the Hellenistic astrology, so traditional, which is coming from the Egyptian, which is... You know, all the systems are good. It's just a matter of knowing which one you connect yeah. to the most. Yeah. And I guess these systems have been evolving 
a lot, right? Yes. Well, some people may decide to just use the traditional knowledge. I mean, it's really up to the astrologers. But for me, because I love e eclectism, I am an eclectic person. So I pick up techniques from different tradition and I create my own thing. I find it very interesting since I was a child. I've been around the esoteric in a not super conscious way. But my mom mostly was always talking about spirits and this and that uh, very casually. And with astrology, what happens with me is that I'm still discovering. I know there are things we cannot see that influence us. I'm in the process of acknowledging them. And it's sometimes hard to remind myself of these things. Do you see a lot of people in this process of accepting these realities that are new for them? Yes, it's often... I encounter a lot of people who find it hard to believe in the science, the poetry of astrology. Because it's unseen, like you said. And because there was a period of time where astrology was more of a seen as an entertainment. When I started being interested in horoscope, it was kind of, you know, mm -hmm. a little bit funny, a little bit out of track. And there were like some TV shows where like you call an astrologer and it was all about entertainment. So people never truly, there was not a space to actually understand the practice itself. My favorite example that I use to help people understand what astrology is about is simply by looking at the moon and how on full moon, for example, the energy is wild. People is out. The tides are shifting. On new moon in agriculture, they used to, they still do actually, they plant the seeds because this is the moment of manifesting, envisioning a project, like gathering the energy towards a goal. We see the animals reacting to it. We can see the weather reacting to it. And the moon is like the closest sphere of matter that influence us. When I explain how it works to people, I'm always speaking about the fact that we need to detach from this human experience and envision us as tiny little bacteria on a sphere. This is where we start. So if there's another massive sphere of matter that spins around you and then off sphere of matter is also turning on oneself and spinning in a tornado of spheres, of course we're being influenced. You know, it's, they're way bigger than us. But it's hard in the human consciousness sometimes to be able to detach from, you know, we, we feel that everything is so real and that we have so much power because we can make choice. But there's so much more around us that influences us including the stars and the planets. Yeah, and I guess you could 
really explain it with science. Like you said, the bigger bodies influencing the smaller bodies, like the moon spinning around the earth, it's happening. It's and happening. It's invisible. I mean, the forces are invisible to our eye. Maybe they can be measured with some measuring device or something. I find it very interesting. I was reading about how astrology and astronomy would be practiced together. And it was mostly the mathematicians that would do the readings. And I'm very curious about the point where science started to get more and more practical and separated a bit. Because right now, the people that are mostly against astrology are the very scientific people. And it's funny, where did this happen and why? Yeah, like you said, if the moon affects the crops and there is no question about it, you can be measured, why not us? No. Absolutely. Why not us? And absolutely we're being influenced. Unfortunately, I can't answer your extremely good question about when the shift happened. And that's something that I will definitely go research <laughs> after we talk. <laughs> But that's true because back in the days, so astronomers would be the one that would be also the local psychologist in many ways. So people would go see astronomers to understand themselves a little better. Emperors would sometimes, for instance, this is eclipse season right now, they would wait and time their speech during an, an eclipse just to bring more power to it, to have this amazing like moon eclipse. And then like they're speaking and everybody is like oh, spooked out. So there was always a purpose for that. Yeah. And yes, I don't know when the disconnection happened, unfortunately. It's a very interesting subject. I feel that we're slowly going back to connecting the dots, connecting the dots as in not separating science from, from astrology, from spirituality. I think to kind of understand life around us, we started to put it in boxes separately because they're in different boxes. I study something and then I get super specialized in it. And I don't want to go and think about other subjects because I don't know about them and it makes me uncomfortable. So I'll just stick with my little box here. I think it's good to, first of all, to realize that we're never going to know everything. And then from that, go on and consider new realities. Just consider the possibility of these things being real, even just for a day or a second. We could learn a lot from being flexible and asking questions. and Asking questions, trying things out. Something that I practice for myself, I gave myself the mission to try everything so I can have my own experience and my own database about this experience. We live in a world where we can find answers many places. Before we had religion for that. Now we can go online, there are books, blah, blah, blah. And I think it's, it's wonderful that we have access to so much information. 
I also think that it's a little disappointing sometimes that people are not willing to go seek for their own answer and saying, oh, is that good for me? Or is it, I should just read it and not try it. And this is also what I include in my practice in astrology. I inspire people to be curious about their own experience. What does that feel like to be you in that moment? In the challenges and through your highs, what does it feel like? How do you want to express that in the world? How do you want to perform your gifts? Again, coming back to this idea that we live in a society and there are some structures, there's a lot of purpose in the structures we live in because I could imagine that perhaps if there were no structures, it would be a little bit of a free-for-all, you know? And we are not yet adapted to live in such a free world, I don't think, unfortunately. I'm hopeful, though. My wish for everyone is being curious about themselves. There's only one thing that maybe we can sh be sure of as human, and it's our own experience. I can never know what your experience is for real. I can have empathy and compassion and maybe feel. I can use my imagination to put myself in your position. But really, there's no way for me to know exactly what your experience is about. So. With the tool of astrology, I help people going back to their gifts, their challenges, how to play with them, how to make magic out of them, and to getting every day, if possible, a little closer to that. I see the natal chart like your life map. This is your life journey. Great. Of course, it's not because you had a reading with me that suddenly, boom, you're gonna, everything's going to shift and like you're going to be a new person. No, it's baby step. I'm just shedding a little light on your map to bring a little bit of clarity. And then like maybe a year later, you feel the need to revisit that map saying, oh, how did I, where did I progress? Life, great, but there's still a whole spectrum that needs to be reviewed. And I always say that we have a lifetime to become and to experience what we're supposed to experience and to become who we're supposed to be. And we're all, including myself, I can be impatient. It's not moving fast enough. I don't see results. But sticking with the process is what counts. They say it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And journey is experience. So. And what approach would you recommend to this information and these maps and these readings? Because I feel that some people may give too much power to some of this, get lost in it. I guess there's a sweet like balance between looking at this information and using it in your everyday life to know yourself and to know your potential and evolve. But can it be limiting, you think? Like you said, everything is balance. I do my horoscope every morning. Do I follow my horoscope every day? No, because first of all, I, I don't have time to... <laughs> 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 I would love to 
And also, I like the idea that like part of my journey is left in the hand of faith. I don't want to plan everything. I like to, to be surprised. And then, for instance, if I had a really harsh day, because very often I do my horoscope every morning. Okay, I write it down for myself, for my own database. And at the end of the day, good day or bad day, something happened and I'm like, what the hell happened today? And I go back and see and I'm like, oh, this is what happened. And then I take little notes and say, oh, that happened. Like this transits, I, my interpretation of this transit is that, and this is how it manifested in my life. But no, I'm not constantly conscious of what is happening. People who take it extremely seriously Part of me has a lot of respect for that, who listen, observes, and put themselves in alignment. I also feel, feel that often it creates a sense of fear. Oh my God, the Saturn square Uranus is coming up. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to shield myself. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm going to avoid <laughs> any possibility of oh, entering no. a conflict. I'm not going to spend money. <laughs> like... Just chill, see what happens, you know? It, yes, we're influenced by it, but also we're influenced by every encounters we have with humans, with nature, with plants, with matter, with whatever it is, with the air. So I think flexibility and balance is always key. Mm. Yeah, I remember you did my natal chart a few months ago and I really liked how you were constantly reminding me that yeah this is how you're hardwired to be like and to be interacting with the world around you in this manner but you were telling me just take what you need from this reading take what you need like what resonates take it what doesn't leave it it felt like I had a choice which feels very nice when going to these things. It removes the fear part of it, I think, for me. And the reality is that I know what I know. I speak through my past experiences. I speak through my filters. So you come to see me for astrological guidance. You also come to see me. And yes, I make sure that in every reading, there's a level like this. I'm a messenger. You don't like what I have to say. Scrap it. Put it in the fire. But I also say, oh, keep it for a little longer. Don't think about it. And maybe it will catch up on you. Because there's always, I want people to remain open. Mm -hmm. Don't take it for granted, but leave a little space for the possibilities. And then I'm a messenger. Yeah. And I want things to, well, this is, this is how I want things to be as of now. Yeah. Nice. And have you encountered difficulties in interacting with people that may not take these things into account? Interacting with people that don't believe in this influence uh -huh, in this practice or these influences I believe that everybody can believe in what they want you don't buy my salad alright well it works for me 
Sometimes if I'm feeling <laughs> mischievous, I go push it. But often I'm like, all right, all right. I'm gonna, if I'm feeling, I want to play around, great. And then I push it. But most of the time I'm like, you know what? I'm not here to sell it to you. Yeah, exactly. And if really, the only way that I could sell it to you is by giving you a reading. And then you decide. And then I always, not always, but very often make it convert. <laughs> convert people. Yeah, but they're, they're convert them. I don't yeah, want to yeah, say yeah. that. No, I'm but sorry. I understand. I understand. I understand. <laughs> and yeah, but they're like for them to sit down with you and give that hour hour and a half of their life there has to be a little little curiosity no and opening just yes. to accept going there yes also my responsibility is to create a space where even if the person's heart is closed i create a space where i can dissolve the boundaries a mm. little bit yeah. and this is something that is definitely part of my practice. I always tell people that I'm not here to tell you who they are. I'm just here to reconnect certain dots. And yeah, it's more than just me speaking at you for 75 minutes. It's creating a space. There's a level of, I need to open my heart when I give a reading. I need to be empathetic. I don't know if I need. I do it. This is the way I approach it. I need, my acting background helps me to be able to embody characters. So I use that and I'm like, all right, what could it be like to be in Sergio's experience? So, and this is how I meet people. This is how I dissolve a little bit the boundaries. Because ultimately, people, me, all of us, we all have this need to be seen and heard and understood. So when you come see me, I'm going to definitely offer you that. And even though you don't believe in astrology, you'll get away with something you're gonna get away with the fact that oh yeah she really saw me is it because of the stars or is it because she's intuitive is she psychic what is it or is she just sensitive mm -hmm. and maybe it's all of it i don't know i just use the stars as my guide people use cards people use many things People have guides like you. We all have a medium and I use the stars. Mm -hmm. mm. Interesting. Was there a, not that you mentioned your acting, was there a transition between acting and astrology or? or? There was a transition in the past where I spent my 20s. I was an actress, mostly theater. I did a couple of film. I don't want to talk about it here. But then... During my Saturn return, when people are around 28 years old, I had a big shift and I started studying many things like Ayurveda medicine, herbalism, like how to make like herbal remedies. 
I studied tarot, I studied astrology more seriously. And I was going in this path of bringing more wellness to my own experience. This is where there was a disconnection. And then acting came back a couple of years ago in 2018, I think. It's always been my first love. I don't want to do it for the same reasons anymore. But part of me is a performer. Part of me thrive on stage. Part of me loves drama and take it like the performance type of drama. And so I think at this point in my life, there's a space for both of them, for acting and astrology to coexist. I've created that space. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Do you feel that they feed each other? I think acting is helping astrology. I think what feeds acting is my emotional self. It offers me a platform to welcome in and out emotions freely and to expand my emotional spectrum. And the larger my emotional spectrum is, the more likely I'm able to have empathy and compassion in my astrological practice. Because emotionally, I've been many places. Not only like, oh, I'm great, like grateful. Not only like the beautiful, shiny emotions. Like I've been, I've traveled everywhere. I've visited, some emotions visited me and I was like, oh boy. I didn't know I could go there, you know? So when I meet with people, you know what? I get it. I know exactly how it feels like. So I guess coming back to your original question, do they help each other? I guess, yes, they help each other. The more I see people, the more I see people in my practice and mirror them a little bit, it also gives me emotional knowledge for my acting practice. So yes, uh, now that I'm talking about it, I just, yeah, the answer is they both help each other. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you giving readings and helping other people reflecting on your own personal journey? Absolutely. We are connected to everything. We're connected to each other. We're connected to our environment. We're connected to the stars. Like we're connected to our tiny little gut bacteria. We don't see them, but we still like science is like, yeah, that exists. But, who, you know, we're connected to everything. So, of course, when I meet someone and I open my heart to that encounter, there's I'm learning from the person. And sometimes I speak and I'm like, oh, wow, that's a great insight. But this is a great insight for me too. You know, it's all interconnected. There's a reason for everything. We were at a party two nights ago and I was telling one of my friends 
that we learn from putting ourselves in a place that we are the center of the universe and that everything is visiting us for a reason. And we are learning from all of these encounters, from all of these different environments. And it's been, and you have the choice to move away if you don't like your experience. You have that choice because if you decide that you are the center of everything, well, what a best freaking empowerment inside. So yeah, when I decide to sit with people, I decide to let that person in for 75 minutes. And yes, it helps me to understand more things about myself. We're just mirroring. We're all just mirroring each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And now it just came into mind, what's the um, take of astrology about destiny? Again, it depends on the astrologer. The highly idealistic part of me mm -hmm. likes to believe that if in this lifetime we are able to, if the planets in your chart, an asteroid, whoever you work with, let's stick to the planets right now. If we're able to take these nine planets and turn the light on each of them and every communication they have with each other, we turn that on too. I like to believe that we ultimately are creating our best destiny. Is this realistic? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying. <laughs> this is kind of my personal, this is not something that I sell to people, but this is, this is part of my personal approach to it, which is highly idealistic. This is my take on it. I don't know. I also like to be like that, like highly idealistic. I do believe we are here to evolve also with the things that are around us. And idealistic, maybe if I project my vision of a perfect community or earth or something, that's just my projection of it. But I do believe it's already going there just because of the nature of the universe and the nature of nature being so intelligent and always becoming more complex complex in a good way mm -hmm. you know like more there's less more, black or white yeah exactly more and more subtleties more yeah. spectrum in the colors and, and the interactions being more and more uh, subtle and but yet deeper yeah 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 Mm -hmm. More profound. Yeah. I'm also very idealistic. I do get bummed out some days, but... <laughs> Me too. And then when I, you know, you, you spoke about rhythm, sometimes it feels too slow. But then if I just, I think that for myself too. And sometimes I blame it on the fact that I have a stellium in Taurus and Taurus is known to be slow and deliberate. <laughs> But for instance, if I just look two days back, I had like probably 20 insights 
in the last two days. I'm like, well, this is not slow. Yes, of course, I, I have insights. Therefore, I need to ground them in order to act upon them. But still, this is pretty good. Also, what does that mean to be slow or fast? Where are we going? We're going towards, it's going to sound a little obscure, but we're going towards death. Mm -hmm. So slow is better, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Just just as a reminder. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, totally. Totally, totally. And also it's about, well, I think understanding our little part in the cycles. like our little opportunities to interact in each of the bigger cycles and our life like one lifetime being one cycle of ours no but not having a definite beginning or end we are used to see everything as finite and everything comes from somewhere and it's going somewhere like the spiritual and the material and all of it sometimes it's hard to grasp with our limited vision i think the the best way to connect my best way to connect with that which is not something i am a master of by the way but i need to remind myself to breathe when i start breathing i'm like okay i'm back here like i'm more aware of the current situation, the what's going on around me. And then I'm like, ah, oh, there it is. There's the answer to my question. Like completely unrelated to the quest I was on. Awareness is something that we can all have for free as long as we practice the practice. And of course, some people have more ease to get there, of course. But we all have it. And it's taking the baby steps towards it. And for me, like, actually being conscious of the way that I breathe is one easy, quick fix to bring me back. I don't know about other people, what they need. I'm not here to speak about that. (laughs) But, yeah. Yeah, breathing. Yeah, it brings us to the present. And it's an amazing tool that I sometimes forget I have. It's so, so important. I'm also in this book that I told you about. It also mentioned how for a long, long time, astrology was a very only like privileged people will have the means to to hire an astrologist and it was very for the elite and it talked about how now with computers and technology and like it's become very accessible for a lot of people no and like more people learning about it do you feel like there is like a mission to spread it around or it's just there and whoever wants to come comes to it I think everybody can gain from knowing themselves a little better. Mm -hmm. So yes, the rise of astrology and apps and 
websites and ast- the number of astrologers, I think it's a good thing because the more you know yourself, the more likely you're going to be in a position of creating great work and not necessarily in your career, in your whole life. Astrology is a tool of self-acceptance. So the more we have compassion and love for oneself, the more we're able also to spread that. And it's not about being perfect because no one is. Thank God, no one is. But it's about living in perfect harmony with oneself at this moment in time and space, which is a lifetime practice on its own. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, totally. So I think it's really good that there's a rise. I think everyone must be diligent about where and from whom they they take information from. I'm probably not the person for everyone. And that's great. Not everybody is for me. About the websites and apps, I think there's so much good information there. I just want people to remember that it's also computerized. There's there's the the there's not the human experience of meeting with a human and sharing this space. And I think there's a lot to be learned there. I think it's also a lot and confusing. So I want to recommend the human touch mm-hmm. in astrology. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally, totally get it. I do sometimes read like very occasionally a horoscope online or something, but I, for this kind of things, I really, when I do want some insight for me, I'm a people person. So I look for people. See, for me, I pick up information from many places. I probably get two readings a year. For yourself? Yeah, from just checking, checking okay. in. And also for me, getting a reading is also a way to deepen the relationship I have with my chart. Because through other people, through their filters, I learn a little bit more about the way they view my chart. And through their style of speaking, I learn about my own practice, what I like, what I, the things that I don't want to buy. So yes, I do get readings, but also like regularly... Sometimes daily, sometimes on a weekly basis, I pick up information a little bit everywhere. And because I have, I am who I am, I trust that I'm getting the right information at the right moment, regardless of where it's coming from. So I, I like to find meaning in the little things wherever they come from. Messages come in different forms. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I'm very much connected to that. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. this is not something that I recommend for everybody. I mean, you do it if you feel connected to that. Yeah. I think I'm also trying to read what's coming in every, every format <laughs> that the universe would like present to me. I wanted to ask you about when you do, because you do readings to almost anyone that asks you for a reading, I guess. Do you ever say, no, I'd rather not do it? It happened once. Okay. And the relationship 
it was a recurrent client mm -hmm. and it felt off. It felt like it, it just felt off. And I had to say, I don't, I can't see you anymore. I'm not the right person for you. I'm feeling uneasy about speaking about it on, in the microphone, mm -hmm. but it happened to me once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, you have to be for readings and things. Yeah, that require this presence, you have to open your heart. And if you're not comfortable with it, it's, yeah, I can understand. And I know you do readings for friends and people that are close to you. I guess, does that make it richer to know the people or sometimes makes it trickier? Or? It's a little bit of both. When I meet friends or family, I always make it clear that what I'm going to speak about in the moment is solely based on their chart and not from my experience of them. And if for some reason I need an example and need to involve my experience, I make it clear that this is coming from me, not from what I see, period. As a friend, I feel the need to express that. It's tricky sometimes because... When I see, seeing a people's, someone's chart is extremely intimate and vulnerable. And I see a lot of things. I don't talk about everything. I always go with the energy of the moment and see where I give the information that I know will get in. But like sometimes I know there's, I'm not feeling that there's no openness. So I don't dig too much. So when I come back to my friendship experience, Something that I do is that I always observe and I'm always, my brain is programmed to create a database. So because, and I have this weird mind that once I see one's chart, it's sticking there. So if I'm with people, I'm always gathering information, which is tricky. I try my best in my friendship to keep astrology out of it. And I'm, maybe in the past I've went too far, knowing too much and it's not appropriate. And I, it's stuck with me. So I'm doing my best to keep it out of my relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not, like we said before, not everyone wants to talk about it. Like, you know, it's just like, it's very often novelty. You know, it's a practice yeah. that, oh, unless I did that. Cool. It was great, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's 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 a process also of knowing your limits, no? And yeah, and I'm totally like I'm learning every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I've been feeling like asking for another reading from yes! you soon. Let's do it. I'm like, I've been feeling it for a while, but I'm like waiting. That would be an honor. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you, Val, for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. That was Valérie Fortin. 
If you wish to find out more about her practice or wish to get in touch with her, please follow the links on the show notes of this episode. In every episode, we feature one of Virginia Vigliar's original poems in our section, Poetry Forest. Today, Virginia shares with us, If I Could Reach the Moon. If I could reach the moon, I would go barefoot, lie on her floor to soak up all her light and sacred magnetism. Then I would speak to her and tell her the story of how the courage of vulnerability is so hard to conquer on earth because humans are so afraid of it. I would tell her of the brave soldiers of the heart who rise in self-defense so love can be lived without fear. I would tell her that each choice humans make is either out of fear or love. And if we choose the former, our heart will always be split in two because love is its natural habitat and in fear is where it rots away and changes shape. If I Could Reach the Moon is part of a series of poems and stories called In Conversation with the Moon, written by Virginia Vigliar. Please follow the links on the show notes of this episode and support her inspiring work. We Walk the Earth is an Autolove original and is produced by me, Sergio Isauro. The music in this episode was produced by Tejedor. Poetry Forest by Virginia Vigliar. Editing by Miguel Andrade. Mixing by Aldo Leiva. Content Director, Sofia Benedicto. Executive Production by Jorge González. If you like this podcast, please rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. This will help us keep going and reach a wider audience. This is We Walk the Earth. Until next time.